Terry from No Crumbs Left, and I'm sitting across from long-term follower and crumble, Handy Odo. First thing I want to ask is, how often do mis- people mispronounce your name? Every day of my life. I love I bet. Actually, my daughter, um, Marissa, calls me Hanley, because even when I spell my name to people, people add an L, as if, at 38 years old, I don't know how to spell my name. I love it. Well, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, this podcast came to be because you've been following a long time. Yes. You've been at Wonderful Crumble, and you were going to attend the Seattle event. It didn't work out that you could. Yeah. Um, and so you said to me, you should have me on the podcast, you know, and um, and I said, why? And why did you say I should have you on? Well, I feel like we really connect over loss, you losing your parents, um, specifically your mother, and um, me losing my brother. How old were you when you lost your brother? I was 20, almost 21, and he was 18, almost 19. And that was um, over 17 and a half years ago. And what has that journey been like? I mean, I know that's a, that's a you know, a 48-hour having a cup of coffee, <laughs> but just tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's, it, it's, it was life-altering. Um, and not all negative, um, but it, it has you know, changed my life. He, we were, even though he is two years and two weeks younger than me, we were, we were, it was like he was the older and we were just truly thick as thieves. We were, we were best friends. And, um, the void is just, it's still there every day. Um, and it's painful. I do have a baby brother, um, that, my brother Houston was seven years older than and I'm nine years older than and I adore him. It's just he's my he was like my first child. Right. And so to to for loss and I think as I get older and the years go on, the loss the pain changes and it's different. The void is different. Um the um the realization of how he died, um and I can share that now. Yeah, or, please please do. So um my brother um was never a, a drug addict in any way. Um, drugs were not really talked about and like, don't do drugs. Don't, you know, that just wasn't talked about in the eighties in Alabama. And so when we were living in Texas, actually, and um, he tried heroin one time, he did it two times in one night. And it, he became um, the people that he was with said he became not fun, but actually he was struggling and they left him. And he died. Oh my God, the tragedy! It is because he was not an addict. He he just he, he had no intentions of dying. And actually, the DA um, said that um, he had shaved that morning and eaten. Um, and it it is, and and it's it's just such a loss. And um, and and since his death, heroin overdoses, right. especially in, you know that we hear about in this country and, and in Alabama where we grew up. It's just unbelievable. The people that we know, my husband and I, we all grew up together. No, it's just, it's unbelievable. And um, my brother was really the first of many. And um, so drugs, um, I, I hate drugs. Um, and I, I, it, it's just, it's changed my life. And so my husband knew my brother that died. And that's actually how we ended up. We grew up together, and then we ran into each other at my brother's um, funeral. Wow. So that's really a, that's such a powerful connection that you would meet at that time. Yeah. And so we knew each other, and we had lost touch, and then we ran into each Got other. It. And so over the years, him knowing my brother 
for me, it's been a huge comfort. Um, and, um, you know, loss is just, I feel like loss just defines you. Grief is the true ultimate price you pay for love. Isn't it, though? And damn, it's painful. <laughs> and I, I, I've always said that I feel like the level of love is matched by the level of loss. So if you yes. were fortunate to really, you know, like for me with my mother, love her in the way that I did and do, you know, yeah. because for me, that love still exists. You know, 100%. Where, where, where I go, like, here's me and here's my mom, wherever she is. Yeah. I can still feel her love. You know what I mean? And I, I can feel that love between us. So that's one of the most powerful things for me is realizing that that love isn't gone, that it, you know, truly, that it truly exists here. But that because I loved her as much as I did, that level of loss and grieving is has been greater than other losses that I've had. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm most certain the thing that drew me to you the most outside of you and your f- wonderful food was that you um, early on talked about the signs, the rooster. Um, and for me, it's a bunny mm-hmm. and Terry, you would not, I like, I just got chills. You would not believe the story of bunnies that we have experienced in 17 and a half years. It is unbelievable. And it's just carried me through. And also my brother's birthday is set, um, July 28th. The numbers seven to eight exist so heavily in my life. It's unbelievable. And also, the other day, I found a heads-up penny, and before I even picked it up, I knew it would say 1983, and sure enough, I picked it up. And in those moments, in the beginning, when he was first gone, I didn't understand much about signs and what that meant. But over the years, what I've read and listened to, when I feel a sign, when I truly know his presence is there, I say, I I, I see you, or I thank him. Thank you. Yeah. And it just, um, it, I feel like, so you saying that, like, even though he's gone and he's, I, you know, I can't physically talk to him, his presence is what has carried me through. And actually, just I just had this thought, when he died, the, I would have such real dreams about him. It was like real life yes. in those yep. dreams. And it it's what carried me through. And I remember, I think it was... Um, Jamie Foxx was accepting an award for the movie Ray, and he said that his grandmother came to him in his dreams, and that's what carried him through. And I was like, yes. Right. You know when you're validated for those 100%. feelings? And so um, I know recently I had a, I had a dream about my mom, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and when I think about it, like, I just want to cry. But yeah. it, it, it was like I woke up and I had been with her. And I can't even now exactly remember what happened because – it was so powerful that in a way it's like I, I kind of blocked it out a for little sure. Bit. But I woke up and it was like, you know, it was like she'd been there. And, I, you know, I've been going through some personal things and I, I, I felt like, you know, it's sort of like at the beginning of that. And I think she came to me to say, like, you know, whatever, you're protected, you're OK, that when you go through these things, because we all do in life, you know, yeah. it's up, it's down, it's everywhere that um you that that we're here, we're watching, we're supporting. And yeah. I. I believe that, so it's true for me. And I don't try to convince anybody else that they should or that they should have that experience. That is not what I want to do. For sure. But for me, I celebrate these signs because I they are true for me. Yeah. I am excited when they happen. They make my life better. And I feel like my life is a series of, you know, we call them patty sightings, you know, or all the nieces and nephews. 
uh, my mom's grandkids call them, you know, grandma sightings. And her friends, too. So we're always looking for, whether it's the ukulele, whether it's the rooster, whether it's the butterfly, whether it's the cardinal that yeah. drew. You know, for me, all of these things that come through, and as you know, often on Instagram, we'll, you know, through the book, you'll see roosters tucked in and you'll see yeah. family items and, and all of that. Because all of that, to me, is what makes life special, magic, wonderful. And and as we go on from that beginning where you have to, that physical, like, how am I ever going to be okay? How am I going to survive? And then you get to something where you're like, my life is forever altered. I am going to survive. And these things actually help me survive and make my life, you know, better. I mean, you, you're so accurate about that. And I'll also say, I don't know how long ago your mother passed. going to be 20 years. Yeah. So I'm at seven. So May 2nd will be 18 years. So he's now been dead the amount of years that he was alive. Oh, wow. Right. And when I... When, when I know someone else that's lost someone or I hear about something, I always say to my husband or to my brother, Ben, um, if I have to go through this journey, I'm so glad I'm this far into it. Yes. Because there's there's peace. Yeah. The heartache almost is stronger, but there's peace and there's understanding and clarity. Um, and grief, I, I feel like I'm so drawn, and maybe you'll have – Maybe you have the same feeling, but I was thinking about my life and the people that I'm drawn to and the people that I'm closest with, and they've all experienced loss in some way. My best friend, Jessica, that's here from Ohio, she drove in. She hasn't experienced loss per se, but her mother lost a sibling. So it's it's that, it's that the connection. When you lose a sibling, when you lose your parent, when you lose someone tragically, it it, it's an unspoken bond of understanding of grief, right. which is love. And I feel like that really has defined my life um, as an adult now. And this whole podcast thing, it's so interesting because I, I listen so much to Danica Brysha and she talks about manifesting and visualization. Yep, totally. And even Lucy's talked about. Oh, totally. We live it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're all about it. And so I was just, I went to real estate school. Like, this is what I want. You know, the girls are at good ages. Let me go to real estate school. So I'm sitting in real estate school and I'm like, this is absolutely not what I'm supposed to be doing. And my husband's like, what do you, what is it that you want to do, babe? And I said, and just so silently, I've been saying, like, I just want to share my story of grief. Right. And when Houston died, there was nothing about how to help your siblings or losing a sibling. When people would call, they would say, now you take good care of your mama. Right. You know, it's like, hello, I'm over here too, right. struggling. Right. And right. so I have always said from the get-go, I want to write a book. And the book I want to write is I want people to write in these excerpts of how they feel or tell me about who you lost. And I think it's so um, important because it's nice to relate. Yes. Because, you know, it's a whole new normal that you're creating from loss. And um, it's just it, it's just it's a beautiful thing. It is a club. I mean, it's definitely a club. I feel like for people that have lost their mothers. And I am fortunate or unfortunate. Um, I don't know what the right word, because I hate to say I'm fortunate that other people have lost their mother. Yeah. But I'm fortunate to have people in uh, my life who also understand that kind of loss. Yeah. You know, And I think that, um, that we're definitely in a club that we don't want to be in, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so six months before my brother died, um, 
I call her Aunt Jerry. She passed away from cancer. And her daughters, we were neighbors growing up, Ashley, Jesslyn, and Candace. And those girls, we still talk. We haven't seen each other in so long, but we talk all the time. And there's that, there's that club, that membership that brings us together. And so many people that I'm close with or have met, they've lost siblings along the way, mostly brothers. Um, one of my good friends was killed tragically by a drunk driver. And there is, her name is Emily Javadi. And she knew my brother, and there's a picture of the both of them. Wow. And when How you eerie. look at that picture, yeah, right. you just think, you just, life is so fragile. Yep. And that's what I tell my girls all the time, like, life is so fragile. You just really don't know. You always have to be kind. You always have to love someone. And you always have to, the kindness for me, like, you just don't know what people are going through. Right. My mom used to always say, you never know what's going on in someone's life to make them act that way. You know, my dad lost a sibling, and this was the other thing that made me, when you wrote, because other, you know, followers have said, I'd like to, you know, podcast. And But when you wrote, I, I, I think about my dad, who lost his brother when he was in his teens, mm. The way that it impacted my dad's life, and 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 I mean, when my dad was seventy, if you brought up Richard's name, my dad would sob. He would sob. It's like there was no. Everyone was like, "Take care of the mother," and you know, after Richard died, I think my dad felt like they they didn't discuss Richard anymore. And I wish that my dad was here to say, "Is that accurate? Is my interpretation of what happened for him true?" But but it never. My dad, I don't feel like he went through the stages of grieving in a certain way. And he just, it's like when when you would bring up Richard, he would cry. And I would think it's like he was a boy again when he would tell that yeah. story. And I think everything was to take care of the mother who yeah. was fragile, yeah. you know. And how, you know, how did how was that handled in your family? You know, in my family, it's like we're talking about my mom all the time. We can't talk about it enough. We have to bring her into our lives. We have to just always bring her, whether it's a rooster napkin or celebrating her birthday. For sure. But how did how did it, you know, how was it handled in your family? Well, we we talk about my brother <clears throat> all the time. My girls who are almost 11 and 12, they they know my brother, but they have never, you know, truly met him. He is still very much alive. We always talked about him. Um, but I will tell you over the years and people that I've met even to this day, um, my husband's best friend um he committed suicide um two summers ago and um everybody grieves differently and that's what i said from the get-go so some people don't talk about it yes but we do and i will tell you sometimes it makes people uncomfortable of course i don't care yeah it's like we're doing (laughs) it anyway but another thing about grief some people they don't know how to handle people that have lost someone for me because I've lost someone I feel like I'm kind of gutsy in a way that I will I will ask you how's you know how are you feeling about your mom or this that I'm comfortable talking about it whereas some people are afraid they may upset you if they bring it up and I read something the other day that said um no matter what you think please always bring them up of course even if you make me cry we don't ever want to forget. And some people, all these years later, they still bring up my brother. Or they'll say... That makes you probably unbelievably happy. Oh, it just... It, it, it just... It's like putting money in the bank for me. Yeah. And it it carries me through. A hundred percent. Like oxygen for me. You know, like it carries yeah. me... Yeah. 
I have a mother-daughter group that I've been a part of since I was literally eight years old, and my mom had an all-girls band, and they kind of did country music, and mostly they were dear friends who loved each other and wanted to find a way to relate, and I mean, my mother was always a musician, but it's like she heard someone humming in the grocery store two aisles over, and, and was like, do you want to be in a band? And I mean, like, like they literally took lessons, and well, they're a force to reckon with, and they've been really a women's group for years and years and years, and I'm going um, in a cup, I'm going soon to a luncheon that we do. And, um, you know, that they know her, that they love her, that we get together, that we sing, that we think about Patty Turner, you know, that my dear friend Lori, you know, that uh, so many other people, Rachel, you know, loved and knew my mom uh, makes my life infinitely better. And that my mom never knew Roy. It, like I could sob when I think about it, when I think that they did never know each other. But, you know, he always says, I know your mother because you keep her, you know, you keep her alive for us all the time. How did your family of origin, though? How did your mother, your father, your brother, how was that dealt with in your home, and how did that impact your life? You mean the loss? Yes. Had it, we just talked about it always. I mean, oh, growing up, so you did. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, well, okay. so I was twenty, so I wasn't really at home. But my baby brother, and yes. he was newly twelve when okay. Houston died. So his grief is so different than mine, yes. and he actually will say things sometimes like, "I'm sorry, I'm not Houston," or. Even this morning, because I had wrote on our notes, um, not enough, a lack of support of siblings. And he thought that right. meant for him. And I said, no, Ben, that means about the books. And so he said, I, I could have been better. I'm like, no, Ben, you've been everything you should be and right, more. Right. You're the perfect you were baby 12. brother. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> Ellie's age. That's what I think. Right. Like, right. And so it was traumatic for him in a totally different way than it was for me. But we always talked about him, celebrated his birthday. May 2nd is the day he passed. Um, and it's so interesting. All these years later, I always say, like, I'm not going to be sad on May 2nd. I'm going to, you know. But no matter what, it just creeps up on of me. Of course. And uh, right. But, no, he is discussed. We always talk about him, remember yeah, that's him. so great. Um, I, I was the one that handled everything when my brother died, though. I had to identify his body. Um, I, I did all the court hearings by myself. My parents did not attend. Because they just couldn't do it. Was that? Yeah, I guess I mean, that's so. A lot, that's a lot in a way to put on your kid. Yeah, but, and I, yeah. I think in that moment, maybe they didn't realize it was real life. Right. You know, who knows? Um, I read a I wrote a victim's impact speech and read it there alone. And even in that moment, I didn't even realize I was doing that alone. But right. now, as right. a parent, right. I'm like, what the heck? Like, but it it made me who I am today. Of course. I mean, I losing you know my folks. You know, for me, one of the worst things that's ever happened. Um, and yet I know that I am infinitely more sensitive. You know, I know that my heart is open in a different way. I know that when someone loses somebody, I understand. I mean, even like when I went through a divorce, it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even get how hard that is and how I really haven't supported or understood because you don't get it till you get it. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, God, you know, your, you know, your mom died six months ago. I'm sure you're over that kind of a thing, yeah. you know? Um, and I do think it, it you know, it, it can make some people uncomfortable. We always celebrate her birthday. So when her birthday comes, I feel really happy about it. To me, it's like a national holiday. Yeah. You, she loved Fourth of July. She was a complete patriot. So, you know, so I Fourth of July, it's like I think of Patty. I think of her every day. But, you know, September 28th, I celebrate her birthday. Um, oh, she's I, a 28 also. I, yeah. She's a, yeah, and she's a... Libra, love Libras, yeah. um, but but I don't. It's like I've been able to block out the day she died occasionally. Like my sister will tell me, and I'm always like, I know it was this week. I don't remember which day was the funeral or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing: 
please don't anybody write me and remind me because out of all of the days of her life, and if she lived 68 years, and I don't know what 68 times uh, 365, but the <laughs> least it. important day of all of that was to me the day she died. For sure. And that's not the day I'm going to celebrate her. So, yeah. And I don't, I'm not suggesting other people should do that because really do whatever works for you. But yeah. for me, celebrating her birthday, and it's like it's butterflies and roosters, and it's like Patty Turner and who she was and how much fun she is. And, and and I think people do grieve differently. Like I felt like for me, it was immediate. It was crushing. It was, you know, and I felt like like for my dad, I remember him saying, you know, I'm going to be okay. You know, I've lost a brother. I've lost, you know, I've lost, I'm going to be okay. Well, it's like, yeah, he wasn't okay. And, it, but it took him some time to get there. And I felt like for my older sister, the same thing. We grieve in different ways, you know. And I think I moved through some of that really immediate stuff in a, in a different way. But it's like, you know, I mean, you know, when you have things like kids, I mean, I, I felt lucky because, you know, there were kids that were just like, you got to get up every day. And my biggest thing is this. I know that I have to live a joyful life because it is the way I give honor to her memory. Yeah. And if I fold it up shop, you know, we all sometimes just want to fold up shop. I know that it's like, well, my mom would never want that for me. She would want me to be joyful. For sure. She would want me celebrating. And I, you know, I wish that she was here on the journey now on the book tour you know doing the like she would have loved it all my mom used to wherever I worked like if I worked in hit or miss when I was like 20 it was a clothing store my mom would come in and do inventory I mean wherever I was whatever I was doing you know my mom would have been in the signing line pushing people forward you know taking pictures you know well there's no question that you didn't have the best parents I mean just because the way you talk about your parents and for me what I've the way you parent your children of course, I see it through Instagram, but just following Patrick and Lucy, um, your mom did something really right, and um, it, it, it just radiates out of you the love that you have for your children because you were obviously so loved. We were loved. I mean, here's my thing. We were really loved, and so to know that is such a gift. By the same token, if somebody doesn't know that, <clears throat> guess what? You can you can be that love. You can create it. You can find it. There are sisters in the world everywhere. There are mothers in the world everywhere. And, and you know, even now that I don't have a mother, I still need to be mothered all the time. For sure. You know, my dear friend Lori Bell mothers me. Joanna, who works for me, mothers me. And I welcome being mothered. But I just want to say, if this isn't your story, you can absolutely create it. You can make it happen. You know, if you're surrounded by friends that really don't support you, guess what? A lot of new people in the world, go make it happen. Embrace it. Figure it out. Be the love you want to be. Find it and, and surround yourself. And sometimes we need to do a clean out of friends. You know what I mean? It's like we keep the, the fabulous ones and sometimes we just we need to do a clean out. I mean, I couldn't agree more with you. And going back to the parenting thing, and that's a whole nother podcast. Um, um, my my parents, I am not the parent to my children that I the way I was parented. And so um, my husband and I work hard at breaking those cycles. Yes. Actually, I mean, I say my brother died as a result of the dysfunction in my home life. He made those decisions because of the dysfunction. But I can still. I mean, I adore. We adore our children, and we are so present in, in their lives. And we feel like we're great parents, but it's really wonderful when people will say to us, like our neighbors who are retired professor and attorney, they don't really know us, and they said, your, your kids are so well-adjusted. You guys are doing such a great job because we don't hear that. I don't hear that from my parents. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I am. So you're right. If you didn't, if you were not loved like Patty Turner loved her children, you can still receive that love and give that love 
that and, you didn't. And we're not saying it's not going to be hard. We're not saying, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, adulting is so hard. Right. It really <laughs> and is. parenting is even harder. I always say it's not for the faint of heart. I, I say the same thing. The other thing I like to say is like when my kids were little and someone would be like, you're such a you're such a good mother. And I'm like, only on the days that I'm not a really bad mother, you know, because <laughs> exactly. we've, we've got all of it. And even having grown kids where you want to control or micromanage or, you know, overgive advice or, you know, and a helicopter in where it's like, he's 26, she's 22. I think they got to, you know, kind of figure it out. Yes. I know that you have a daughter who's also really had some challenges and I wanted to yeah. touch on that. Yeah. So um, Ellie, my oldest, um, she, we were exposed to mold in Texas and she was so affected by it. She, that's why we ended up moving to Idaho. We wanted to move out of Texas to raise our kids in Boise, and it sped up our process. She developed these lesions on her left foot um, from the mold. Um, she was in an orthopedic boot, and once she once the lesions horrifically went away, she came out of the boot. The pain never went away, and um, she we was I, I was getting the runaround. Um, after MRI, she got a diagnosis of CRPS, which a lot of doctors... What is CRPS? CRPS is um, Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. Also RSD, which is uh, Reflex Sympathetic Disorder. Basically, it is horrific. It's called the burning syndrome, actually. It is a horrible, painful... I mean, you can have it in your sinus cavities, your jaw, anywhere. But there is no injury there at all. It's what the neuro, the neurosensors are sending. Got it. Um, a lot of people have it when they've lost a limb. Right. Um, and so we were getting uh, the huge runaround, and the one, um, the only direction we got was this pediatric rheumatoid doctor that said, Ellie, I can see that you're a very happy girl, but typically what we do in this situation is uh, we give you um, an antidepressant to block your pain. Needless to say, there were some... Right. Curse words, and we got up and left immediately. Yeah, right. So I just got on the internet, and I was a mom on a mission to save my child. Yeah. And I found this incredible doctor, Dr. Brandon Crawford in Austin, Texas, and he does this red light laser therapy al along with other things. It's functional neurology. And, um, Terry, it saved her life. Right. It I mean, I know saved... you went, and did you guys go for like a week or 10 days? We went, and she had. Um, each session is 20 minutes, and so she had a total of six sessions. And uh, after session four, she was completely um, – well, she came in at a nine, and she was, like, down to a two. I really think she was a zero, but I think she was afraid to say right. zero. And then on the last day, she was a zero, and literally she runs, skips, jumps. You can – we couldn't even touch. So, anyway, the pain spread to both legs. She was using a cane. It was oh terrible. And how long did it go on for before 16 you – 16 total months, the whole thing Right, and you happened. just did the mama bear thing, and you went on, and it's like – I just want to say the the universe led you to the right thing. Yeah, and and, and it, uh, it's a it's a freaking miracle. It is. I actually found him through this other girl, um, Laura Pilates. Her husband is a Navy SEAL and was in a car accident and had a, has a traumatic brain injury, and she was using this doctor. And I think it's the power of social media today. Like, um, and. I was just, I knew that I needed to get, you know how you have that mother intuition, yes. like you know, and it, hell or high water, I was going to get to that doctor. And we did, and it saved her life. Well, anyways, that was a miracle just, to, you know, because you were sharing it with me, direct message. Yeah. And you shared a bit of your journey. So I was interested 
And, you know, because also, you know, people that have injuries and we just want to know what alternatives besides like medicating ourselves. So I love that. You, I love that you got on a plane and came here today and, yeah. and did this. Well, I'm thankful that you asked me to come have me here. It's it's a real honor. And I just want people to know that are struggling in sadness, even if they didn't have a true physical loss, if they're just, you know, pe- there are people to love on you. and Yeah. It, it's like find the you're not, Yeah. People. There's always someone, you know, that you, you're not alone. Yeah. So how did you end up coming to No Crumbs Left originally? And how long have you followed? And- I was thinking about that this morning, actually. I feel like it was so long ago, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's been years, to be yeah, honest. And yeah. even when I saw you in person for the first time today, I just felt like I already had seen you. I just feel sure. such a, yeah. a connection on so many uh, levels. But um, I just love you so much because num- I think your food is fabulous. Thank you. But for me, the thing that draws me to you the most is the way you love your children. Um, you know, I've watched Lucy. I follow Lucy, too. And, you know, Patrick... And I, I just think that I think it's really amazing. And I love the podcast you did, um, the Intentional Parenting podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, was that with, with Dana Hurt? Yes. Yeah, she's amazing. First of all. <laughs> I got to have her back on. But she's. I want her yeah. to be my neighbor. Yeah. And maybe even can I live with her and or, or right. have her on speed dial. Like my husband even listened to it. And he, he took notes. I mean, it was just so real. And I love, we loved the most what you said about how you had to grieve over not getting uh, the son-in-law. Man, right, did you get right, a great daughter-in-law. Right, right. And that you grieved the um, what you thought Lucy was supposed to be. Right. Or even Patrick. And, like, that was so powerful to me. Because growing up in the South, in Alabama, like, you know, you grow up this one way and you dress this one way and you do this, you know. And for me, I want to... I want to raise my children, and I've told them this. I even, I, we even said, girls, if you if you are gay or if you, we just want you to know we love you no matter what. And they said, well, we 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 like boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. But I just want, I just, I love how you love unconditionally, and I just think it's so powerful. And what you do in the kitchen, um, it's just beautiful. Thank you. I just thanks. First and foremost, I think you need to be definitely need a segment on the Today Show. You need, I mean, I'm I like manifesting these things in for you. I love I, it. I we, see a we, show we got for you some on inquiries about the Today Show. Yeah, so we'll, uh, yeah, let's manifest that. Let's put a, let's put a. Yeah, bright light I just on think it. you're a. You know what? I, I say this to my husband. I said I think Terry is a rare jewel. Thank you. Yeah, I really do. It's, I th- it's fun to share about the different things. And sometimes people are like, oh, we only want you to do the food stories. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm I'm a lot of things. You know, and. Part of what I am as a cook, but part of it is like I'm just sharing life and mothering. And if this channel is great for you, I'm delighted. If for whatever reason, you know, you want me to be something else, it's not likely going to happen. Right. You know, well, and, and, I'm a strong and I, cup of coffee. And as Roy says, you're a strong cup of coffee. And I like a strong cup of coffee. Well, and I just love the way you love Roy, too, and the yeah. way that he loves you and that he lets you be who you are. Totally. And that is what my husband, Nathan, does, too. We've known each other since the summer of seventh grade going into eighth oh, grade. Amazing. And sometimes he'll, he'll say, like, babe, when we go in this restaurant, please don't talk to anybody. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm always making a friend somewhere <laughs> or, like, you know, I, he's like, can we just go in here and you not talk to somebody? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And yeah, especially yeah. now that you said that, I'm definitely yeah, going to yeah, talk to someone. And it. I just like how real you are. And um, I'm just so honored to 
to know you. Thank you. Thanks so much. But I think we should do a segment where from time to time we have a follower come on the podcast and, you know, find out more about that. So thanks so much for the leap of faith. Thanks for just reaching out. And what's so interesting is that I instantly said yes. Yeah. But I love, I I liked what we were thinking about. And I always know that you're a bright light. I love the rooster things that you sent me. And I'm not saying everybody sent me rooster things, but I have liked (laughs) and they've shown up in some things. So, um, Anyways, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so, for having me, We so Terry. appreciate it. And you guys, definitely come find me over at No Crumbs Left on Instagram, Facebook, the blog. Um, if you're not subscri- subscribed to the podcast, uh, we would be delighted if it feels authentic to you. And definitely come on over and learn about our Friday favorites on the blog. Have a great day, everybody.